Welcome to Recovery Guy Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Recovery is a lifelong process. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. And if this is Tuesday, this must be the fix. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we, uh, we're we excited to share with you uh, things that we do along the way and uh, the journey uh, that I've been on for many years and, and all the opportunities I've had to try different things and different approaches. Some are new approaches. Some are variations on approaches I've I've seen from others or read from others or heard from others, um, but I've tried to really gain this well-rounded approach to living and enjoying life to the fullest. Uh, as it says in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we are not a glum lot. We are absolutely sure that God wants us to enjoy this life, that laughter makes for usefulness for we've recovered and we've been given this new way to live and to share our joy and everything that comes with our wellness. So I'm glad that you're here. I got a great comment from a dear listener the other day, and she was writing to me and said, you know, my drive to work is so much more encouraging because that's when I listen to your podcasts. And, and so I'm so grateful for that because that's what I do. I, you know, I'm like you. I, I like podcasts that are uplifting, that help challenge me and, and, and allow me to look at me to make sure that my saw is, is continually being sharpened, right? Because life is a battle, and why would you go into battle with a dull instrument, right? And so I want my saw, my knife, my weapon, as I cut through the challenges of life, I want it to be sharp. I want it to be able to pierce the darkness and sharper, as the Bible would say, as any two-edged sword. And so that's the approach that I want to take and so I'm always doing things to build myself in hopes that we can build together. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for listening. Let's get right to today's topic. It is called Hope for the Holidays. Hope for the Holidays. You know, I, I heard a lot early going on in recovery with the holidays and the first set of holidays and how challenging they can be, and and I understand to a degree, but then again, I learned so much along the way, and I want to share some of those thoughts with you today. Um, this holiday season will be my uh, 32nd uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's and 
and celebrating my dear friends who celebrate uh, Hanukkah and the other religious ceremonies that um, uh, that my friends uh, enjoy themselves as I enjoy my friends and and I celebrate with them. But obviously, as a Christian, uh, Christmas has some added significance for me, and I and I hope you find added significance for you in this holiday season. But hope for the holidays. One of the things that I've heard and I'm watching on social media is that it can be really challenging that that the Christmas or the holiday season is said to be a difficult time to get through. Now, if that's true, is it true because it's the time of the year? Or is it true because what we're focusing on? Listen to the question one more time because it's actually a challenge. Is it true because of the time of year or is it because what we are focusing on? You know, what we focus on determines so many things. There was a, an analogy I heard years ago in recovery that said the newcomer is the most important person in the room, right? Maybe you've heard it before in, in your recovery or, or your approach to learning to live differently, that the newcomer is the most important person in the room. And then someone said, and this may, it crystallized and changed my thinking because I at the time was a newcomer, but I hope not always to be a newcomer, right? I wanted to stay around long enough to get some real quality and sobriety that um, that doing the right things can bring a certain amount of quality. And obviously staying clean and sober and learning to become well would add to my quantity. But they said the reality is if you view the newcomer as the most important person in the room, then you view your recovery or the fellowship of your recovery as a giant furnace that needs new coals just to keep it going. The reality is, if we who are already there in the rooms, in the recovery, if we don't do everything we can for ourselves, there's not going to be anyone there when the newcomer arrives. And I love that so much because it put the onus back on me that even though you encourage me and you support me, you're not my recovery, you're not my sobriety, you're not my wellness, you're a benefit and an addition to it. It's my internal decisions that I make for me that help grow me. Now, once again, they may be components of things that you're doing that I glean and grab a nugget here and a nugget there and incorporate them into to my life where they fit and work for me, but I'm still needing to focus on me and what needs to change in me and my attitudes regarding a particular person, place, situation, or time. I love it so much because 
it has an opportunity to to change my perspective because the point is it is all my perspective now i don't know if you're shakespeare fans or not i am but i'm not i love some of his amazing quotes along the way but i don't know many of his plays um but he is said to be the greatest writer and playwright and maybe even thinker of all time. In William Shakespeare's Hamlet, it's act two and scene two. And it's a discussion about Denmark and prison. Anyway, but here's the quote. Why then... Tis none to you, for there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. To me, it is a prison. Well, then, it isn't one to you, since nothing is really good or bad in itself. It's all what a person thinks about it. Isn't that wild? And and I love... Shakespeare's passion and 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 full thoughtfulness becoming full circle. There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. To me, it is a prison. Well, then, it isn't one to you, since nothing is really good or bad in itself. It's all what a person thinks about it. And here's where I want to take that in light of hope for the holidays. Whether it's December 21st or January 1st or any other day in the holiday season, Thanksgiving, or wherever you're celebrating, wherever you're at in the world or wherever you're at in your culture or ever wherever you're at in your family structure, the point is, it should be no different than February 25th or, or June 1st or September 29th or October 15th, any other date on the calendar. What separates it and makes it more difficult is what we focus on. Again, nothing is really good or bad in itself. It's all what a person thinks about it. It's my responsibility. We appreciate or, or we feel at a loss based on what our focus is. Do you agree with that? Do you, do you think that that thought holds value? We appreciate or feel at a loss or gain based on what our focus is. We, we also need to be willing to substitute what we have for what we want. In reality, there's, there's always going to be things that I want but don't yet have. Does that make sense to you? Is that true for you? Are there things that you would want but don't yet have? 
I have a laundry list of things that I would like to see occur in my life. But I, but I don't have yet. So what does that mean? Does that mean that, that I'm stuck in this rut of want and lacking? Do you know what a rut is? A rut is a grave with both ends kicked out. And if we don't get out of the rut, we're going to die there. And a rut was not designed for you and me of recovery, of wellness. People who are on a path of setting aside all the negative events and energy, things that were done to us and things that we did and things that just happened because we're in in this thing called life. We need to have a focus on what we have, not on what I'm waiting for. And in reality, very rarely in God's economy have I been lacking what I need. Where, where are you with that statement? When you, when you look at your life and you take your inventory and, and you look and see in all of the departments of your life, as you would consider your alignment and departments of, your, of the, the dimensions of your life, of the mental, of the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual domain, when you look at those four dimensions, what are you lacking and why are you lacking? I, I love this poem, this short little story, and it goes like this. I went to God and asked him for what I wanted, and he gave me what I needed. Not to seem ungrateful, I, I, I waited a bit, and, and I went back to ask him for what I wanted, and again, he gave me what I needed. Now, I, I repeated this on a, a few more occasions And when suddenly it hit me, God was giving me what I needed. And as it turns out, it was what I wanted all along. Does that resonate with you? Do you have a relationship with God or your higher power where where you go to him and and you make this request because there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong in asking God to give me what I want, providing I have proper motives for asking. Obviously, if my motives are wrong or selfish and self-centered and only serves me and me alone, then I actually shouldn't be asking for that if I'm truly a person of recovery a person who wants to become well 
from the inside out. And my four uh, domains um, are in alignment. But there's a lot of things that I want that are, that are good to want. There's, I make no apologies for wanting them. But God always gives me what I need. Does he give you what you need? And, and like me, isn't that what you wanted all along? But sometimes, sometimes, I'm not willing to let go of the things that keep me from getting what I need, which is what I wanted all along. Sometimes when I look for the hope in the holidays, I'm not letting go of my past. I'm not letting go of the pain. I'm not letting go of the suffering. I'm not letting go with any abandonment. I'm not letting go with what I did when I was out there abusing alcohol and drugs and other behaviors that led to my demise and broke down everything that I said I believed in because my selfishness and self-centeredness was so deep. I just couldn't let go. But we have to let go. And we have to hold on to something else. My question is, what are you holding on to that is causing you discomfort and dulling your light? What is it? What is it that you're not willing to set aside? Something that you can't control, something that's not even a part of your life. A person, a place, a thing, a circumstance, a vision, a picture of the way a holiday or Christmas or whatever you celebrate, what that ought to be to give you fulfillment. But it's never going to happen. It's never come real because we can't, we can't unwind what we've done. We can only be better moving forward. You know, by the time I got into recovery, by the time I was able to be the husband I wanted to be and the father that I wanted to be. My, my ex-wife was already remarried. My children were calling someone else dad. I would always be their father, but I stopped being their dad. The best I would ever be is her former husband because she went on. What was I to do with that? That first Christmas that I would spend sober and clean and on that path of wellness without that family, without that wife. Was I going to hold on to that and say, I can't enjoy this without or Or was I going to look in another direction and and take advantage of what I had been given instead of what I no longer had? Was I going to be grateful for getting what I needed? Or was I still going to worry about what I wanted? All we have to do during this holiday season is to hold on to something that brings fulfillment 
instead of fear. So what what do you have now? And I don't care how menial it may seem or how much you need to minimize your grandiose thinking to understand how valuable it is. The simplicity of joy is so profound because people who have so much less than you and me find joy in the simplest of things because they focus on what they're able to have and receive, not on that which they don't. My my sister Mary, who I love beyond words, and I've shared this poem that she shared with me over 30 years ago, and it goes like this. As children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. After waiting patiently, I asked, how could you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. So I'm going to ask you again, what are you holding on to that is preventing God, that power greater than you, that source that you rely on, What are you holding on to that's preventing him from putting something else in your hand? Because picture this, if I'm holding on to something, can I hold on to something else? Can I hold on to good or positive and negative at the same time? No, because they're polarizing. They resist each other. Can I hold light and dark in the same hands simultaneously? I cannot, because darkness would cancel light, and light would shine and diminish the darkness. I can't have good and evil. Gandhi said that you cannot do right in one department of life while attempting to do wrong in another department. Life is one indivisible whole. I cannot be going to God to asking him for something great and wonderful, something that I really need, while I'm holding on to something I no longer have. You know, my first Christmas... I was about nine months sober and clean. And my mom and dad were over for dinner. And it was a wonderful time. As many of you know, and you've heard my story, my dad and I, I wanted to be so close to him and he wanted to be so close to me. But you know, when alcohol's involved, all bets are off. And regardless of what you want and how badly you want it, 
Alcohol and drugs, they just get in the way. And that's just the way it is. But my dad got sober. And then I got sober. So my dad was over at my house, and we were becoming the friends I always wanted us to become. And I was so glad. But yet I was still afraid because I was still so new at this thing called recovery. But my mom and dad were over for dinner my first sober Christmas season, my first holiday season when I was learning to find hope for the holidays. And towards the end of the evening, my dad took me aside and gave me this beautiful watch that I still have to this day. And he gave me a hug. And he said, you know what, Bobby? Your mom and I, we used to worry about you all the time. But we don't worry about you anymore. Blew me away. To this day, all these years later, it is one of the sweetest memories I can have. And you can have those memories as well. I'm going to close with something my dear friend Kristen said. And Kristen has a remarkable story. I'm so amazed at what has been accomplished in her and, and her joy and her power and her peace and her light and her kindness. And Kristen was a wife, and she's a mom. And I knew her husband well. He's a good man. I appreciated him greatly. He was always so kind to me. And Kristen has always been this wonderful angel and this wonderful person. And she got a phone call that her husband was dead. Could you imagine getting that call? I, I don't even know what I would think or if I would be, if I would recover if anything happened to Laura. But she got that call. And now her life would change without her permission. She had two young children. Brandon was a very successful businessman, and he had this corporation that was growing and thriving that now someone had to take the helm while raising these two young children who just lost their dad. And then she had to sort out who she was and how she was going to go through life. But she shared a truth that she has learned along her journey. Here's the truth that she has learned. She told me, Robert, we are always provided for, always provided for. We are always guided And we are always protected 
When we change our mental state to abundance, it shifts our entire reality. I'm going to read that again. We are always provided for. We are always guided. And we are always protected. When we change our mental state to abundance, it shifts our entire reality. Can we have hope for the holidays? Of course we can. When when I change my mental state that I am going to have hope for the holidays instead of wondering why they can't be the way I want them to be in this moment, I go from deficiency to abundance. And it shifts my entire reality. I hope your reality shifts. I hope you find hope in the holidays because you're going to go through the holidays one way or the other. Wouldn't you rather go through with abundance or lacking? Again, Shakespeare. There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Because my thinking shapes my behavior. And that can shift my entire reality. My name is Robert. I'm the Recovery Guy. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you go to recoveryguy.org and look at some of the videos and other tools that we have. Help us with our recovery movement. Our approach to wellness requires you to participate in that movement. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy.